Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, My name is Chris. If we haven't met, it would be lovely to meet you afterwards, perhaps. Um, Before we look at this amazing passage, let me lead us in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you again that you would speak to us through your word. And you do not leave us in the dark. So, Father, today we pray so much that you would speak to us, speak deeply into our hearts by your Spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Christmas is supposed to be a time of joy, isn't it? Certainly, if you look at the television programs, the Strictly Come Dancing Christmas special, all that kind of thing, time of joy. Where is your joy this Christmas? That's a question we could ask. Where is your joy this Christmas? I don't mean in in asking that, um, you're looking really glum, where's your joy? I don't mean that. I mean, at Christmas, as at any time of the year, most of us look for joy in something. There is something that we look to more than anything else to make us happy. That's, That's the reality, isn't it? I remember when I was about eight years old, I wanted, what I wanted most at Christmas was a football from my grandparents. Uh, they gave me a rugby ball. Ah, close. But a bit of a disaster. Floods of tears. Oh dear. Uh, but actually, I quite enjoyed the rugby ball. Um, but I lost, I think I must have lost it because two years later, I think, I asked my grandparents for another rugby ball. They gave me a football. Can you believe it? Disaster number two. More tears, more tears. Where is your joy at Christmas, this Christmas? What's the one thing that, if you don't get it, it'll be a disaster? This passage from the Bible has something so important to tell us about joy, so important. Um, Most of what we've read today are the words from this guy, Zechariah. And Zechariah, well, he just had quite the most amazing transformation, really. He has gone from being uh, Mr. Skeptic, 
to being Mr. kind of deliriously happy, so happy. How can that have happened? Where did he look for in his joy? Because he's clearly found it, hasn't he? Where did he look for it? Let's remind ourselves about this guy, Zachariah, if you don't know. Um, Zachariah, uh, he was married to a lady called Elizabeth, and they, they were Jewish. Uh, he was a priest at the temple, and clearly a religious man. He would go to the temple and serve there, and they would, they would, they would pray a lot, very religious. Uh, but there was a cloud over their life and their marriage, and that was this, that they were unable to have any children. And they were now very old, and I'm sure a number of us here uh, know very much what they were going through. Now, at the start of Luke's gospel, we're told, uh, lo and behold, uh, we're told an angel of God came to Zechariah, bringing pretty amazing promises. Promise number one was, your wife Elizabeth is going to be pregnant. Wow. Wow. Promise number one. Promise number two is, your baby, you'll call John, when he grows up, he'll prepare the way for God to put things right in the world. Those are two pretty staggering promises. Amazing, amazing. And Zechariah, perhaps understandably, says, uh, how can I be sure? How can I be sure? I mean, it sounds great, but really? Really? He's skeptical. So actually, he's given some time to think. And, uh, he's made mute for the whole time of the pregnancy. He's mute. He can't say anything. Time to think. Until now. Until now, the baby has been born. And Zechariah believes God now. He believes. He decides, yes, this baby's name will be John, as I was told. And then in verse 64, if you look back, if you have your Bibles open, uh, verse 64, we're told, immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was set free and he began to speak, praising God. Hurrah, hurrah, brilliant scene. And then, like a volcano, it seems, he just explodes into this song of praise. It's a prophecy, really, but it's a, it's a song of praise. Mr. Skeptic has become Mr. Deliriously Happy. Why is that? Well, let's look at the song in a bit more detail to find out why that is. There are two halves to the song, really. First, there's Zachariah's joy at God's promise. And then secondly, his joy at God's peace. So let's look at those in turn. So first of all, verses 68 to 74, his joy and God's promise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He set them free. He set them free. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us. That's a sign of strength to save. In the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy on our, to our ancestors, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies. Praise God, praise God. Uh, here's a bit of a history bit to help us. Uh, well over a thousand years before this, if we didn't know, uh, God had made an oath. You see the word there? Oath. He made an oath with a guy called Abraham, who was top of Israel's family tree. And God's oath to Abraham was, Abraham, I promise to bless you. I'm going to bless you with a family and many descendants. I'm going to bless you. And the blessing will pour out to the whole world, actually. Big stuff. In verse 73, it's called a, um, a holy covenant. 
which means that God had put himself in a, in a binding promise, really. And it, it was sacred. It, he wouldn't break it. He wouldn't break it. And if you don't know the story, I mean, the whole Old Testament of the Bible, really, is that uh, through a whole series of ups and downs, uh, things went well for Abraham's descendants, and then badly, and very badly. And then finally, we land here in verse 74, they are in the hands of their enemies. Oh dear, oh dear. But anyway, God's oath still stood. So what would he do? Would he keep his promises to bless Israel again? The angel had told Zechariah, the time has now come. It's come. God is going to keep his promise. No wonder Zechariah is so happy. He realizes the wait is over. It's amazing. God is going to bless Israel again. He's going to do it. That's why he's so happy. And for Zechariah, the proof is there right in front of him in his week old son. Just um, eight days old, his son is at this point. You can imagine Zechariah uh, pointing to his son saying, look at him, look at him. The angel promised that son, God has done it. Look at him, he's done it. And for Zechariah, sure, it means surely now God will do the other, even bigger promise that the angel announced. You see what he's thinking? God keeps his promises. So where did Zechariah find his joy? Well, when you think about it, here's the surprise, actually. His joy, his joy is not so much in the baby in front of him, actually. That was promise number one. Having, a, having baby John is an amazing thing. You, know, you can imagine the story in the local papers. Imagine the party had, they had. Imagine the, the happiness in their heart as they held this amazing promise uh, to come true, the answer to prayer. But the song's not really about John. It's about the baby who would come after John. Of course, it's about, it's about Jesus, of course. Because what God would, through, do, would do through Jesus made Zechariah far happier even than having the baby they'd waited so long for. And for us, this is, this is a really vital thing to grasp, I think. Vital. Um, where do we look for, for joy? Where should we look? We look at Jesus. We have to look at Jesus. Of course I'm going to say that. We have to look at Jesus. Because it's through Jesus that God came to fulfill his promises to Israel that now, now flow out to the whole world. We have to look at Jesus. The story is all building up to Jesus' birth and life and death. Jesus is the place to look. Now, if you would not call yourself a Christian, uh, this thought might be a, uh, a really new thought to you. Um, but if you are a Christian, you might have heard this a thousand times. And you'll probably hear it a thousand times in this talk. You, thousands of times. But we have, to not, we have to remember how important it is. It's so important. It can be uh, really easy to look for promises from God in ways that aren't really about Jesus, actually. For example, it can't, could be easy to think, um, God, you promised me money, don't you? Yeah? You promised me success, promotion, and prizes, big presents at Christmas. Or even, God, don't you promise me a spouse, or children, or more children, 
or the best schools. Don't you promise me that? Well, those things can be great, can be so enriching, a blessing in some way. But God does not promise everything to us. They might happen, they might not. We need most of all to take our joy in what God has actually promised to us in Jesus Christ. And we'll come to that a bit more. Uh, but maybe as a Christian, actually, maybe, maybe you're thinking at, at the moment you're discouraged, actually. You're pretty fed up. Perhaps you've had a really hard time this year or even just in recent weeks. And you just want the hard time to end and you can't help thinking, is Jesus actually all that great? That kind of goes on in your mind, in your heart. Is Jesus actually all that great? Can I say, take heart. Take heart. Like Zachariah did. Jesus had been a long time coming, but he was worth the wait. You might know um, uh, the author uh, Tim Keller from New York. Uh, In his book, Hidden Christmas, uh, he puts it like this. He puts it like this. You cannot judge God by your calendar. God may appear to be slow, but he never forgets his promises. He may seem to be working very slowly, or even to be forgetting his promises. But when his promises come true, and they will come true, they always burst the banks of what you imagined. Isn't that a wonderful phrase? Jesus was a long time coming, but he was worth the wait. So worth the wait. Well, with that in mind, let's move on to um, the second half of Zechariah's song. The second half. What has God actually promised in Jesus? Well, here we see Zechariah's, well, his joy at God's peace. His joy at God's peace. Uh, Verse 76 reminds us that uh, John's role is only to uh, prepare for Jesus. Uh, It says, you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, referring to Jesus who will come. He is the Messiah of Israel. So what will Jesus bring? Jesus will bring peace. Real peace. The word peace is the final word there in his song. Did you see it? Right at the end there. Peace. Peace. And it, in many ways, really summarizes so much of Zechariah's song. In Hebrew, the word uh, peace is a, um, it's an even bigger thing than in the, than in the, in the English. Uh, Hebrew, in Hebrew, we're thinking the word peace is all about, it's about wholeness. It's about completeness. It's about everything being in just its right exact place. That's what Jesus was coming to bring. Real peace. Most of all, it's about a completely restored relationship with God himself. And isn't that what we all want? Real peace. Uh, real peace with God has, um, well, it has so many elements to it, um, which Zechariah talks about here. And let's have a brief look at some of these. Um, so many elements to it. Um, if you have real peace with God, it means, verse 74, it means serving God without fear. Wow. A relationship um, not of duty, of fear, but of, of joy, 
fearless. That's great. Real peace with God also means, verse 77, it means having knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. So you can't have real peace if you don't have real forgiveness. I'm sure you know that from your friendships and marriages. We know that. You need real forgiveness to have real peace. We know that. There's more. A real peace with God means, verse 79, it means God's light shining on those living in the dark shadow of death. Death destroys every relationship at some point, but not this real peace from God. Death does not destroy that. And finally, also verse 79, peace with God means God um, guiding our feet into the path of peace. Uh, saying if we have a real peace with God, he can guide us in making peace with others. It flows out to others, paths of peace. Wow, what an amazing thing Jesus came to bring. Do you see that? Real peace with God. Peace without fear. Peace with forgiveness. Peace with no shadow of death and guiding in the path of peace. Again, no wonder Zechariah is so happy. He's deliriously happy. He's seen just how amazing this is. God is bringing real, true peace through Jesus. And again, for us, for us, uh, the crucial thing to realize is, is how God is bringing in that peace. It's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. This is all about him. So here, again, we see this wonderful offer. If we put our trust in Jesus Christ, God promises us to give us this real peace. It won't be perfect until we're with Jesus in heaven face to face, but it is a real peace with a relationship with God restored. I wonder, do you know this peace? Do you know it? Do you know God? Do you know uh, the peace of being forgiven by him? Without fear, without shame. Do you know his peace that's so deep, even death can't destroy it? Do you know his peace through which he guides you in the paths of peace in everyday life? Do you know that peace? This is a wonderful Wonderful offer from God. And it can be ours. Maybe for many of us it already is ours. And it is ours if we look for it in Jesus. Only if. Because if we look for real peace uh, without Jesus, we won't find it. That's what the Bible says. That's what God says through his scriptures. We won't find it anywhere else. Because, because of what Jesus came to do. Only Jesus removes our fear before God. Only Jesus forgives our sin before God. And only Jesus defeats death. All these things he achieved when he was executed on the cross for our sake. And then rose to new life for our sake. Only Jesus can bring this real peace. So where did Zechariah find his joy? Not actually in the baby John in front of him. He found his joy in in God's promises in Jesus and in God's peace in Jesus. You might have heard of the term uh, Blue Monday. Anyone heard of that? 
Blue Monday. Uh, Blue Monday is a thing that scientists have worked out as the effectively the most depressing day of the year. That's nice of them. Um, so it has to be a Monday, of course. Um, first day of the working week, and it's usually a few weeks after Christmas. And it's still quite dark, but the Christmas lights are turned off, and uh, still a long way to spring, perhaps. Blue Monday. And this year, coming up, it's 21st of January. So watch out. You've been warned. 21st of January. The joy of Christmas that we see around us and you see on TV, that doesn't last very long, does it? Three weeks until Blue Monday, the worst day of the year. That doesn't last long. But the joy found in Jesus lasts. It is very real now, if you have it. And it will last into all eternity and go on and on and on and on. Let me give you an example of someone uh, who really knows this joy in Jesus. Let me give an example. Uh, Last month, um, a cousin of ours lost her husband, very sadly and very suddenly, uh, with a very sudden illness. Devastating, just in about three weeks, uh, diagnosis of lung cancer and then spread to brain cancer. Very, very quick. Horrible. And she's she's in her mid-40s and she's left with three daughters, about 8, 10 and 12, that age. Now, she's been a Christian for many years and has been quite a model to us. We've heard about her you know, sharing her faith with her neighbours, her friends all around her, clearly trusting in Jesus. A couple of weeks after her husband died, uh, she sent this text message. She said this, The girls and I have our ups and downs, but we have great talks at bedtime, praying, laughing, crying and sharing. The girls and I know we will be okay because God is with us and we are surrounded by loving friends and family. For sure, there are moments when I just start crying and crying. I really miss him, her husband. Overall, at peace, mixed with sorrow. There is someone who knows where to find real joy. Don't you think? God is with her because of Jesus. Sorrow, but peace, peace, real peace. A real joy that even the shadow of death can't take away from her. And it's all because of Jesus. So what about us? What about us? Uh, Where will we find our joy this Christmas, I wonder? That's a question that maybe uh, mull in your head and your heart now and Maybe go away thinking about, maybe talk to someone after the service or just chat to someone. Where is your joy this Christmas? Where will it be? Maybe even today, even for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long while, it could be today that actually we want to say, Jesus, you are my joy. Jesus, you are my joy. Do you want to pray that in your heart today, I wonder? Jesus, you are my joy. Other places I've looked for for joy, they're not it. They are not the real thing. Jesus, you are my joy. Now, if you do pray that, why don't you tell someone about that? Let them know. Because your life will never be the same again. God keeps his promises. How? In Jesus. In Jesus. 
Real peace with God is found where? In Jesus. There is no other way. Where is your joy this Christmas? Let me pray. Our loving Father God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for Christmas because of Jesus, who you sent as your Son into our world. We thank you for him. Thank you that he brings us this joy that we see in Zechariah here. Joy from knowing that you keep your promises and you bring us real peace with forgiveness, with fearless, no shame, that death can't touch can't overshadow and guiding us in the path of peace what wonderful promises lord and we pray so much for us today that this reality on offer to us would be our reality this christmas would there be nothing different nothing else other than this that we put our joy in this christmas time will we say jesus you are our joy and we pray in his name amen